Hi, everybody. You're listening to the 58th episode of Fist of Baseball Podcast, HBP, our second Thanksgiving special. I'm DeCarlo Calloway alongside Dorian, and on today's podcast, we defy Yankee customs in the South, discuss MLB's award season, and we don't appreciate Christian shopping on the Thanksgiving holiday. So, want to start off by talking about what it is that we're drinking. So this evening, I am drinking my cooking wine, Yellowtail Chardonnay from the year 2021. So literally this year. And it's actually not that bad, man. I usually just use it to cook, but it's pretty good. What about you, Dory? What's going on, man? Happy Thanksgiving, my friend. Um, yes, yes. Happy Thanksgiving. I'm oh. cheering you for your delicious Chardonnay. You're, you're like a very 80s glamour girl today because Chardonnay was all the rage back in the 80s. Oh, it's actually not that bad, man. Seriously. Yeah, there's a lot. Of, I, I really don't drink white wine, but I always have it. It's, I usually cook with Pinot Grigio mm. when I do pescatarian dishes. But today, I'm not drink, I'm not eating pescatarian. I'm drinking. And I'm drinking Moab Ale from a 32-ounce crowler. Moab stands for Mother of All Brown from Old Armor Beer Company in Kannapolis, North Carolina. I love that name because it reminds me, it's almost, it is probably Greek. Can, I don't know, did you ever study Greek or ancient Greek in, well, in school? Well, Paulus is city. Hmm. So the city's, the city of the Canna, the people of Can, can they do know. it? I don't know either. <laughs> so I, all I know is Paulus is city, that's it. <laughs> but that's, that's more than a lot of people. Yeah. So I love brown ale beer. Beer. And I want to talk to you about the good people in North, North Carolina, the South. Have you ever been to North Carolina? I have. And you know what? I have a very good story. You want to hear it? Hit me up. All right. So we were driving. I was with my family. We were driving down for my godmother's like wedding reception. So this was after her and her husband got married. So our family throws this big reception in a town in uh, Windsor, North Carolina. So shout out to Windsor. And like one of her friends was leading us like and we're ended up driving these back roads in the country we don't know where the heck we're going my man took us all the way to some country store so he can get his meat i kid you not meat meat yes we drove like an additional like four hours on a trip just so this man can get some meat but it was also kind of scary because coming from the city and then going down to the country and i mean like country and it's just open space and it's dark and it just roads wide and you don't see nothing, man. It was pretty, I was like, yeah, I, yeah. beautiful country, but it's just one of those places that, man, you know, I, I was definitely a little bit afraid. I was like, if something jumps out in the road, just hit it and run. See, but the re- you're leaving us in suspense, my friend. How was the meat? I don't know. Nobody got to eat it. He just bought it for himself. That is messed up to force dragging you out for four freaking hours for some meat and then you don't get to taste that stuff. Exactly. That's poor form. That is very very poor form. It was just like, and he was just like a friend of the family. He wasn't like, he was like somebody substantial. So that was like, Oh, I thought that was, I thought it was like your uncle or cousin. No, I don't even know this man. And you trusted him enough to get into into a car with him to go down dusty well, country roads. I was roads. in a car with him. It was a caravan. So it oh, was okay. cars after cars after cars. And he was leading everybody. And so as the advantage, he tricked everybody, took us to some damn country store so he can get his smoked pork. Well, thankfully, you're alive. And we're thankful. We are thankful on Thanksgiving of 2021. 
but you know who wasn't thankful? The Southerners with this Yankee Thanksgiving tradition. Because Thanksgiving came, some of us, we were taught in school of that George Washington proclaimed one day of Thanksgiving after the Revolutionary War, and it was sporadically celebrated. So it was really only celebrated in the North because what are the, what are the Thanksgiving? What do you, Jagarlo, what do you think of when someone says Thanksgiving? Like what are the images? What are the smells? Um, usually fall, autumn. Then you're the images of the pilgrims landing on Fraggle Rock. Um, no, I know. Fraggle Rock. Fraggle Rock. Yeah, man. Fraggle yeah, Rock, like the yeah. Muppets. Yeah, no, no, I know it's Plymouth Rock, but um, yeah, so you get those images and it always points to the picture almost feeling very Northeast uh, Massachusetts. Exactly. exactly. No Southern gentleman will appreciate these damn pilgrims with buckles on their head, bringing their cranberry sauce that can only be grown North of New Jersey. No, did I say North Jersey, New Jersey? This brown ale is hitting me already. Anyways, <laughs> so... In, eight, in the middle of the 19th century, in 1856, the newspaper, the Richmond Whig, W-H-I-G, was rallying against this stupid Thanksgiving holiday and because they said instead of doing all this silly food, they need to be spent worshiping the Lord in heaven. Because they said, And they also noted that in the District of Columbia, Washington, D.C., all federal offices were closed and, quote, an astonishing quantity of liquor would be guzzled. And the, this stupid holiday was, quote, little more than an occasion for indulgence in dissipation at the cost of character. So they were teetotalers. These people in Richmond were like, all the people do is get drunk on Thanksgiving. They're not wrong. <laughs> so again, just like DiCarlo told us, the pilgrims, the cranberries, the fall, the autumn, the changing of the leaves, all that stuff is in the North. That doesn't happen in the South. But what changed is a woman always a special woman in, in history by the name of Sarah Josepha Hale. She was a widow, a writer. She was taking, after, taking care of five kids and she was a patriot to Carlos. She said Thanksgiving should be a national holiday, just like the 4th of July. So beginning in 1846, every year to Carlos, she would take out her quit, her quill, her black ink and write to every governor in the union saying governor so-and-so Please proclaim Thanksgiving on the fourth Thursday of Thanksgiving every year. This is dedication. This isn't sending an email and BCCing everybody. She would, yeah, and by the candlelight, hoping that it would that the the Pony Express would get it to all over the nation. So Sarah Josepha Hale, she would send it out to all the Southern people, but the Southerners were like, "This is a Yankee abolitionist holiday. They want us." to stop having slavery, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And there was a physician down in Mississippi in 1855, William H. Holcomb said, quote, this Thanksgiving day, I am sorry that the Yankee custom has crept in among us. That was a really bad Southern accent. I don't know what I love that Miss Hale, Mrs. Hale, excuse me. She wrote one of the most famous songs in American history. Do you know what that is, DiCarlo? Um, no, I don't. I bet you've played it, my friend. I bet everyone listening and everyone that will be listening to this podcast in the future know, know this song. 
dun 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 Mary had a little lamb, little lamb, little lamb. What am I? What, what kind of interpretation was that? That was terrible. But anyways, Mary, she wrote, Mary had a little lamb. Have you ever played that on, on your piano? Um, I know I have at some point or another. Just it, It's that song. And what's the other song that everyone plays on the piano? Mary had a little lamb and chopsticks. chopsticks. <laughs> exactly. She, I was really surprised. I was like, oh, of course, somebody had had to write that song. And it was Sarah Joseph Hale, the lady who was pushing for Thanksgiving to be a national holiday. She wrote it back in 1830, which is awesome. And what I love is eventually, eventually, after the Civil War, decades passed, slowly all the Southern, all the, all the Yankee customs were, were being spread throughout the South through Harper's, what was it called? The Carlo that, that, that magazine it's at Harper's Ferry, right? No, Harper's Ferry was the place where John Brown attacked. Oh, Harper's, Harper's, Weekly. Harper's Weekly. So then that would get distributed throughout the South saying, oh, this is these these are the recipes for Thanksgiving. The the Alexandria Gazette in Virginia, which is part of Old Town, Virginia. It's like where that's close to where what's his name? George Washington lived in 1873. They wrote, quote, the president's Thanksgiving Day was observed here only partially. All the graphs of New England custom upon a Virginia stock having so found so far found but moderate growth, end quote. And so they're seeing these Yankee, so these damn Yankee customs were slowly starting to get infiltrated in the South. Southern gentlemen had to be subjected to delicious pumpkin pie, cranberry sweet pie, potato pie, sweet potato right. pie. I don't well, know. No, sweet potato pie wasn't anything they were eating, but pumpkin pie. I mean, cranberries. Well, cranberry sauce is really good. Stuffing. Oh, I love stuffing. How you do you like stuffing? I like Latin stuffing. I'm not a fan of the the American stuffing. It's so kind of it's kind of dry. Well, it depends on how you like. Okay, yeah, typical American stuffing. But you know, there's so many different variations because some people call it dressing. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. Um, but I like stuffing. I like, but Latin stuffing. So you're going to have to tell me about that. What, what, what does that consist of? Basically it's pork and you add in some bread, you break it all up together. You add in herbs, some spices, some Worcestershire sauce, or as they say in Spanish, salsa inglesa, because it's very hard to say Worcestershire. So no one in the Latin world can actually pronounce that. So it's just salsa inglesa means sauce english english sauce which it actually is because it comes from england it's i think it's ironic that a state so many dishes worcestershire sauce and the english didn't use that they they didn't use too much of it in their cooking so everyone always gives the english crap because they don't have the best cuisine yeah they don't anyways where am i going with this it doesn't matter but so anyway, that's that's, that's those are the basics of that stuffing and it's delicious because it's it's moist is is it the right word it's not really moist i don't know it's just not dry i'm not a fan of that dry stuffing yeah that you get from a box or whatever no who the hell makes that like for thanksgiving yeah my mom is kind of like show with sausage the bread you know season it up oh it's one of my favorite dishes and it's nice and moist i know people you know you know what it is i think people have an apprehension against the word moist because when you sit back and say it multiple times, it really comes out and it becomes kind of grating. It's like one of those things like, ah, don't say that. 
but <laughs> but it is really really good especially with gravy on it so i'm looking forward to that but anyway yep. before let's i know we're jumping guns but anyway yeah so my last point about the this damn Yankee tradition seeping its way like gravy running down the American geography down to the South is finally in 1890, the Charlotte news from Charlotte, North Carolina, they, they wrote quote with each succeeding year, the observance of this day has grown more general until now it is second as a holiday only to Christmas end quote. And so we can maybe say, at the end of the 19th century, the Southerners finally said, fine, you have conquered us through your cuisine, the North, by giving us all of these Northern black eyed peas, country ham, all that stuff. So you're going to completely like negate the fact that there was also a, a four year war that took place that kind of beat submission into the South as well. No, but but they didn't have to accept. And as as I was as I was quoting from all these different Southern newspapers, they didn't have to accept it. They didn't want to accept it. But then social mass media, not social media. There was no social media back then. Mass media finally just but going. You know, that's, the, just doing another, that's just another like, you know, arm of warfare anyway, is the propaganda. So it could tie hand in Still hand like, when you think about that. Look, going from what 1856 all the way to 1890, that's 40 odd years. That's two generations. It takes it took a while. It took a while, but the Southerners, the Southerners then were like, Yeah, we're all about it. And so now if you're against Thanksgiving, you're against America. And God knows there's certain pockets of the South who are like America, the Thanksgiving, Stars and Stripes, they wouldn't even even thought that their great, great, great grandpappy didn't like these. And Yankees with their delicious Thanksgiving food. Oh, the yeah, fourth, they do. The because, you know, those stories pass the- down from families to generations to generations. So, There's still so, people so you, in the South who hate those Yankees. So you're, say, you're saying that people, so, some people in the South don't celebrate Thanksgiving? Well, no, I wouldn't go that far because people like a day when they can sit back and eat. Yeah. They can sit back and eat and they get off of work. Like, nobody's going to be apprehensive against that. But at the same time... It's not as though they're sitting back and still like extremely happy for the U.S. government. They still have their reservations and say all their stuff. So whatever. They can thank the Sarah. What's her name? Sarah Joseph Hale. They can thank Harper's Weekly for Thanksgiving, and I love it. I for me, Carl, Thanksgiving is my favorite holiday. All it is is just food, family, friends. That's it. That's it. No shopping. No. Uh, oh, Columbus Day. Oh, it's Indigenous Day in Columbus. They killed this, that, and the other. And then Fourth of July. Well, what about June 19th? And it's only liberty for the. There's no controversy today about Thanksgiving. It's just food. And everyone loves Thanksgiving, or at least you should. <laughs> Anyways, share with everybody us. Everybody loves a day off, and everybody loves and- to eat. Thank you, my friend. You saved it. Everyone loves a day off and everyone loves to eat delicious food. Go ahead and share with us what you're going to drink, what you're eating. We have a Twitter account at HBP4040, at B4040. Send us a picture of your delicious spread or send it to our Instagram account, Hipster Baseball Podcast. We'll be happy to share it with everybody else. Mm-hmm. Ain't that for sure. And so 
today we're just going to sit back and share our thoughts on these offseason awards that have been announced so far and those that are still, you know, in the pipeline. So, for one, let's start out with the managers of the year. So, congratulations for AL Manager of the Year two times in a row, Kevin Cash. What are your thoughts on that one? He's way too well-deserved. The guy's amazing. As usual, the Tampa Bay Rays, they are one of the lowest spending teams in America. Uh, that just came out. One of the lowest spending teams in Major League Baseball. And they're in the playoffs every year. They've won two consecutive American League East divisions with beast of a division. And he does the most with the least at the same time. It's not like he has like crappy players. He has good players. And that's also on part of this award also has to go with the Tampa Bay Rays front office for being able to scout young, underdeveloped talent. And again, in the, yeah, the Tampa Bay Rays were knocked out in the division round by the Boston Red Sox. But once you get in the playoffs, you really don't know who's going to win it all. But well-deserved to Kevin Cash for a second consecutive manager of the year award. Yeah, for sure. And then NL manager of the year, we got Gabe Kapler, San Francisco Giants. I have to say, very well-deserved award on this one, for sure. Yeah, he – it's funny how he's had a, a rebound when – because before, when he was with the uh, – oh, the Philadelphia Phillies. It's interesting that Gabe Kapler has had this renaissance, this renaissance, because for two years he was a Philadelphia Philly, Phillies manager back in the 2018 and 2019 season, and he wasn't good. He wasn't good at all. <laughs> He needed a presidential pardon like some of these turkeys do at the White House every year. But <laughs> he was not good at all. And then he ends up with the San Francisco Giants back in 2020. By the way, people, San Francisco Giants were terrible in 2020, and they were expected to be terrible in 2021. Part of that, I'm sure, is part of Gabe Kapler, but it's also the general manager over at the, the San Francisco Giants, the guy who used to run the, um, the 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 Golden State Warriors, the, the, the basketball team. What's this guy's name? He actually won like a, Gabe. Uh, I don't remember the guy's name. I'm sorry, people. Um, our, our our research team is on break. I've been drinking too much brown ale. I don't know. He's he was terrible in the Phillies, and he and he's he guided the Giants. Okay. Congratulations to Gabe Kapler. Did he guided the Giants to 107 wins this year and a division title? So well, well deserved. Well deserved. Yes. So definitely good on the manager of the year. And then we also have our rookie year. So we got Jonathan India from Cincinnati Reds. I can't say I really got to watch much of the Reds, but I have to say this guy's stats are really good in terms of batting average, 269, 21 homers, 69 RBI, and on-base percentage of 0.376. That's a, good, that's a good career to start off on. What are your thoughts on that? You are not wrong for skipping and missing Cincinnati Reds games. <laughs> they, weren't, they, were, they weren't that good, but at the same time, they, they were in the thick of it towards the end for a playoff race. And frankly – if the St. Louis Cardinals hadn't gone on that insane, what did they end up winning? I think like 15, 18 games in a row. If they hadn't gone on that insane run, the Reds would have been the wild card team and they would have played the Los Angeles Dodgers in the wild card game. So I take that back. 
but again, but what I meant was they're not that that exciting, and they are letting a lot of people go. It's sad. They're not they, the, the owners of the Reds don't care. But again, Jonathan India, congratulations. Really, I don't watch any of your games unless you're playing the White Sox, the Braves, or the Rays. Congratulations, Mister India. Yeah, and then this guy is closer to home, Randy Rosarita for the AL Rookie of the Year. The Cubano, the Cuban sensation. I'm, I'm going to tell you, I was surprised that Randy Rosarena won because two of the three finalists for the American League Rookie of the Year were, were Tampa Bay Rays. Wander Franco, the, the stud came up this year, and now Randy Rosarena. But the funny thing is, because last year, because of the COVID-shortened season, Rosarena was a rookie last year, and he was awesome in the playoffs in 2020. I think he ended up hitting 10 home runs in the playoffs. He, t- he like either tied or set the record. And all this year, he was still a rookie. He's 27 years old. And I thought that because of his age, 27, because he was on a national stage last year all throughout the playoffs when the Rays made it to the World Series, losing to the Los Angeles Dodgers, you would kind of get Randy Rosarena fatigue. Like, oh, we've seen this guy. He's a little bit older. Wander Franco's like 20 years old. But they gave it to him and well-deserved because he actually started off the season really slow, Randy Rosarena did, and he just turned it on. And obviously the Tampa Bay Rays won the American League. East, I think they won, ended up winning 100 or 101 games. So well-deserved again to Randy Rosarena and that amazing Rays front office for signing this guy. Yeah, the Rays definitely have you got to give them credit. They have the talent for being able to find, you know, value at a cheap price, but sure, they sure to hell don't want to spend anything for anything else. <laughs> um, so we got AL Cy Young that was announced today. Robbie Ray, Blue Jays. What are your thoughts on that? I I hope that he signs with the Atlanta Braves. I thought he was a stud. This year, Robbie Ray, as were the other finalists, from your New York Yankees, the damn Yankees with their Thanksgiving and pilgrims and buckles on their head. No, I'm joking. And Lance Lynn, he's Lance Lynn. Lance Lynn's like an everyman. He's uh, he, he's got a lot of he's eating a lot of turkey. He hasn't skipped any turkey stuffing. He hasn't skipped cranberry sauce. He hasn't skip, skipped pecan pies during Thanksgiving. There's a lot to love about Lance Lynn right around here, the, the Midwest. <laughs> I'm not talking about baseball skills. He's awesome with the Chicago White Sox. You know, you know how I feel about that team. They're great. They're young. They're, they're on the rise. But Robbie Ray was incredible. And it's if they had had another Robbie Ray, the Blue Jays would have made the, the playoffs. But, again, well deserved to Robbie Ray. Please sign with the Atlanta Braves this, this season, this offseason. Yeah, we're still waiting on a National League side. But the finalists in this are Corbin Burns from the Brewers. Matt Scherzer, you know, Nationals and Dodgers, and Zach Wheeler for the Phillies. So who do you think is going to take it out of those three? Well, by the time this comes out, all, all these awards will be finalized. But yeah. for the man, I'm telling you, Max Scherzer, guys, a freaking stud. There's nothing that man can't do. I love Max Scherzer. But – when the Aladdin Braves played the Milwaukee Brewers in the National League Division Series this year, and I said this about three or four episodes ago, that Milwaukee Brewers staff is honestly out of this world. 
they are if only they had someone who actually hit the Brewers could have won the World Series. That's how dominant their their, their starters are. Corbin Brewers, Corbin Corbin Burns is a monster, and he deserves to win the National League Cy Young Award. That's what I think. We'll see because we don't know right now, but we will know when this podcast comes out. Yeah, and then of course we're gonna have the NL and AL MVP. So out of the N M yeah. Of the NL MVPs, we got Bryce Harper to Phillies, Juan Soto to Nationals, and Fernando Tatis. So, who do you think out of those three is going to take it? You know what? It doesn't matter who wins. It's kind of whack that for both the National League and the American League, all the finalists are part of teams that didn't make the playoffs. I know that's the one thing I was thinking about. It's like that's kind of whack though, because are they like they're valuable, but at the same time, if you can't get your team to a playoff, are you really that valuable? Yeah, Bright, Rally Bryce Harper should win this. Juan Soto's amazing. He's probably the best hitter in the game. And then Fernando, if Fernando Tatis Jr. should should have won this, but he just missed too many games. He's mm-hmm. you you don't want to say this out loud, but it's almost like he's becoming like injury prone. He's all every year he's missing a good chunk of time, a good chunk of time. And I really hope it doesn't doesn't occur next year or the, or the rest of the decade because he's so much but now that these juniors so much fun to watch but i think bryce harper rightly deserves it because the only reason the phillies were in that national league east division race was because bryce harper was just dragging them along until finally one man if this isn't basketball one man just can't push you it's the same thing with football one player is going to change everything same thing with Bryce Harper. So, but Bryce Harper deserves this because he was carrying that team for a long time. And at the end of the day, that you can't do everything. And over the American League, Shohei Otani. Yeah, I, that's that's just, that he she honestly forget about Vladimir Guerrero Jr. Monster year. Marcus Simeon, awesome player. But Shohei Otani should win this unanimously. Like you, everyone should have him on their ballot as their first choice because what they do is the writers choose their top three and so obviously with descending points or whatever they call it so he should be unanimous first ballot uh mvp yeah i agree definitely there's no doubt about it there's nobody who's really like pitcher and you know solid pitching stats and then dh the home run hitting the crap out of the ball so yeah yeah so i'm i and by the way, I don't know if you heard this, but this only came out a few days ago. The Los Angeles Angels signed the four, now former New York Mets. Yeah, Thor Syndergaard. Noah Syndergaard. Noah, yeah. Well, yeah, his nickname's Thor. Yeah. And we'll see if the Angels make some noise because they need a lot of help in pitching. So well, Syndergaard needs to be healthy. Like, he hasn't been healthy That's true. for God knows how long. So, I mean, that could be a, you know, a big bust. And then just recently came out that – uh who is it? Uh, the Astros kept Verlander with a $25 million deal. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So we'll see what the LA Angels do. Every year I'm like, I'm excited to see them. And then they all fall apart. Everyone gets injured. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But that, the real... That's something they need to work on. Because honestly, you have to think about that. If all your, like, your key players are getting injured, then you need to start looking at the nutritionists and the physios and all those individuals who, you know, jobs are to help keep your team in tip-top shape. And if your star players are always getting injured, then it's something that needs to be assessed. 
I think they're going to be, they're going to be okay in 2022 with Joe Madden and they've added Syndergaard. They're going to have Otani. They're going to have Mike Trout back. I think they're going to be battling for the American League West. But the real MVP, at least on this episode, is food. And who loves food more than us? Only one person. Miss Cleo time, a.k.a. Thanksgiving predictions. She likes Carlo. food? Really? I she that. loves food. In the ancient Egyptians, did I just say that? Yes, they, you did. They put food in the tombs of not just pharaohs, but also high-ranking rich people would also have food in their tombs to go on their afterlife journey. But we're not talking about that. Even though Miss Cleo is talking to us from the great beyond, my question to you and to her, what are you most looking forward to, to either eat or drink for Thanksgiving this year? Uh, I'm looking forward to stuffing. I think I mentioned that earlier. Mm-hmm. And some sweet potatoes. I really Wait, like so how potatoes. does... So, so who's gonna make stuffing this year? Is it you? Mean your mom, my your mom, grandma? My mom makes stuffing. So how? Uh, what, what is she? What is she, How does she make it? She uses like pork sausage, bread crumb, like bread. Yep. Um, yep. you know, and she seasons it up. I don't. Know, I don't think she uses Worcestershire sauce, but that might be something to to add. But then, but it's not. It's nice. It's moist. It's good. It yep. just tastes yep. so nice. Oh, I'm looking forward to that. The only thing better than moist stuffing is leftover because yes. then what i do is i toast some bread and i and i heat up the uh the the stuffing and i have a little stuffing sandwich mm-hmm. delicious yeah, my mom always makes yard. more because she's like this is okay this is for today and this is for today and the guest but then this is for leftovers <laughs> yeah, yeah it's really good i love that stuff and i like sweet potatoes i usually make the sweet potatoes for my family so i do nice. variations from time to time one time I did a sweet potato souffle, which had nice little, um, like, roasted uh, was it brown sugar with uh, chopped pecans on top, which was really nice. I might do that this year, too. I don't use oh, that. I don't do the. so good. I yeah, love chopped really pecans. Good. Yeah. And then sometimes I'll keep it simplistic and just keep it, like, maple, like a little maple syrup, a little orange juice, brown sugar. And, and it's really good. But I... I I never used marshmallows. I'm like, that's too, I don't mm, want to go yeah. into a diabetic shock. You know what nah. I mean? So, because the potatoes themselves are sweet as it is. And so you just want to be able to find something that adds to it that it's almost like a nice little treat on your plate as you eat before you have dessert. But what, what about, about you, drinks, my man? friend? Wait, wait, wait. But what about drinks? I remember, I remember because Miss Cleo is talking to me right now. This is kind of like that scene in Ghost. When Patrick Swayze goes into Whoopi Goldsberg body and and and, and talking, so I re- so she's in my body right now, and I remember last year. Wait a minute, no, it was me. <laughs> she's not in my body. I'm just drunk, people. It was me. I was the one that last year I drank Buffalo. What is it? Trace. Buffalo Trace. Bourbon? Yeah, the whiskey I recommended for you. Yes, because I remember last year you drank it a few weeks before Thanksgiving, and then I was at a Thanksgiving dinner, and it was there. What do you what, what's the drink are you looking forward to? Are you gonna drink it for Thanksgiving or no? Uh probably not because I'm taking a trip the following day. But if there's Koki, I might have that or some nice eggnog. I like eggnog. Mm, eggnog on Thanksgiving. 
eggnog they start selling they start selling eggnog as soon as it becomes fall just like now they're doing pumpkin oh. spice and and peppermint like chocolate peppermint lattes at starbucks everybody it doesn't matter as soon as the right. weather starts and the leaves start changing it's christmas so i do remember that you drank eggnog on an episode last year mm-hmm. around november december i do yep remember. because they they and they have this uh, in, in the wine shops right here they have this uh old new england eggnog and it's you know brandy rum and it's so good but you don't like it's not like it's really good it's i love it definitely yeah i'm looking forward to that what about you you know i still haven't decided what i'm going to look forward to for drinking for thanksgiving it's uh, it's either going to be maybe some champagne because i love champagne maybe i'm going to get uh get a drink from a local brewery in Miami. We'll see. Or go with a nice, neat Flor de Caña rum. And I had that sometime earlier this year. It's a, it's a rum from Nicaragua. We'll see. So, you know what? If it's a good night, maybe I'll have all three. But in moderation, in moderation, no drinking and driving. I'm going to drink plenty of water in between so I don't wake up with a horrific hangover because we're too damn old, my friend. We are too old to be having hangovers. So it's probably going to be maybe some rum or champagne because we're also too old to be mixing drinks. So scratch what I just said earlier. It'll be one one of those three. Definitely one of those three. Champagne, local beer in Miami, or uh, just Nicaraguan aged rum from uh, Flor de Caña. But food, I I know I've said this to Carlo, Thanksgiving is my favorite. American holiday. I don't like turkey. I love all the side dishes. I'm not a fan of turkey. I love turkey burgers. I don't like turkey on Thanksgiving. See, but how do you have the cook? Like the how is the turkey prepared in your Thanksgiving celebrations? How like it's in the oven? I don't know. No, it's but you've oven never for like had four like five fried hours. turkey. I've never had fried turkey. No. Oh, then you would have a different opinion about turkey. Okay. It's really maybe you know maybe because we already have our plans for this year, but next year maybe I'll do that because I cook. Don't cook it yourself; just order it from somebody. Because you know why? Because you'll have to get some like deep fryer that you got to take outside and cook it. You know how many people's houses burn like have burned down because I got a backyard though. I'll I'll do it there. No, even still, (laughs) people man, that thing is like a you never want to grease fire, man. So I would say that just save yourself the trouble. I got friends who are firefighters. We're good, baby. We're good. Okay. Some things I'm willing to pay somebody to do. That's one of them. You know, I have never. I I love cooking. I've cooked Christmas Eve dinner. I've cooked for other special occasions as well. But I have never done Thanksgiving. I think maybe next year I'll do things. I'll cook Thanksgiving. Hmm. We'll see. But I love all the other side dishes. I love all the other side dishes. So what I'm really actually looking forward to is not the side dishes, not the not the stuffing with pork and bread and Worcestershire sauce and a bunch of other delicious spices. Pecan pie, my friend. Mm, I love. I made that last. Pie. I think I made that last year for Thanksgiving too. And you know what? And one of my cousins, she makes chocolate pecan pie. Ooh, Unfortunately, I'm not seeing her this year, but it's been a while since we've been in the same. Uh, Thanksgiving dinner, but I love, and I need to ask her for that recipe for chocolate pecan pie. It is out of this world, but I'm, I'm looking forward to pecan pie. I love pecan pie. 
Likewise, that's a really good choice. Really, really good choice. I made I made those last Thanksgiving, I believe. So I had Thanksgiving or Christmas and oh, they were so good. It was a bourbon, like I made bourbon pecan pies. Oh yeah. yeah, that you have yeah, that that's like a, that no, that's already part of the recipe. Yes. Yeah. You have to have a, a splat, not a splash, but a good amount of bourbon in in the mix, definitely. Yeah. And what's also necessary, your Thanksgiving, not to Carlos, because he's perfect, but your Thanksgiving celebration is our show sponsor, Cornbread and Cussin. Hire someone to debate your crazy uncle and grandma during Thanksgiving holiday meal. For the low, low price of $10 per political statement, Cornbread and Cussin will allow you to enjoy your meal, lower your heartburn, and finally enjoy Thanksgiving while someone else fights with your fate. Crazy family members. Cornbread and cussing. This is what this Thanksgiving special is brought to you by. Do mm. you ever need the services of cornbread and cussing, my friend? No, I don't. Actually, it's quite nice. I can't ever think of a moment where we've had like a crazy blowout in Thanksgiving. My family, in a weird way, we've had very uniformed ideas when it comes to politics. And we're all over the place with religion, but we accept that. And that's fine. Right. But again, their thing is $10 per political statement or any other controversial statement. So you can enjoy your wild turkey. What does I say? Wild turkey, your turkey, bourbon. What is it? The thing I talked said like five minutes ago, the drink. Buffalo Trace, man. Buffalo Trace, whatever. Yes, Buffalo Trace, your delicious rum. (laughs) Florida Kanye, yeah, dude. Your drink is that Moab hits you hard, man. I love it. It's delicious. It's so delicious in my my stomach. It's going to be almost as delicious as that bourbon pecan pie but again people if you have issues look up cornbread and custom because they will be there for you so you can enjoy your meal in peace and speaking of meals what are you gonna what are you going to cook my friend so i have a leg of lamb in my freezer and i also have a pork shoulder but i think i'm gonna go with a leg of lamb and i'm just trying to think about how i'm gonna prepare it so i had this like i came across this recipe it's like a leg of lamb with like this yogurt sauce but then my mom was like don't go so crazy with what you're gonna do because you you know just make a damn leg of lamb i was essentially just make, make a plain lamb. don't don't try to be too like you know exploratory and you know experimental excuse me thanks for but, thanks for believing in me mom no that's fine <laughs> i'm old i don't really care about the criticism at this point but i think i might go with that and then, of course, I'm going to make the sweet potatoes. I'm not doing pies this year because that's too time intensive. I t- time intensive, and I don't really have the time pr- like to do it prior. Right. So, you know, but but for Christmas, I will. Christmas, I'm actually going to be going big time with what I'm going to be making. So, well, you hold on to that when we do our Christmas special. But I'm looking forward to that as well. Yeah. So. What about you? I mean, are you going to be preparing anything, or is you like like? So you're going, you're going to be with your family for Thanksgiving. Are you going to be preparing dishes or are you just going to be there? Oh, no, my friend, I'm there to enjoy food. (laughs) That's it. I'm showing up. I'm bringing my big, bright smile, an empty stomach, some jokes up my sleeve and enjoying family time with Thanksgiving Mm -hmm. with uh, my family, with some drinks, with some delicious food. So again, I'm very excited. Looking forward to Thanksgiving next year. I, I think I'm going to commit myself to at least 
maybe not hosting Thanksgiving, but contributing mm. to Thanksgiving. That's nice. I mean, you could always do a Friendsgiving, so it's not as much. So it's just like, you know, your friends come over, you have a little dinner, as opposed to like Thanksgiving with the family, which will be a big, more time-intensive type of thing. I could, but I probably won't. Yeah. I'm going to go all out. All out, my friend. Yeah. All right. So, move on to our last segment. The Dewey Decimal System, a.k.a. Lost in history, 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 history. We're all expecting to celebrate thank- delicious Thanksgiving on the fourth Thursday of November. It is written in law. It's written in the heavens. That's when Thanksgiving is celebrated. As President Abraham Lincoln said so when he proclaimed back in 1863, the fourth Thursday as a day of Thanksgiving. And it finally became an actual national holiday in 1870. But there were two years actually three years, when Thanksgiving was Thursday of November. Back in 1939, President Franklin D. Roosevelt moved Thanksgiving a week earlier. And his reasoning was to help businesses still suffering from the lingering effects of the Great Depression for to, to make the Christmas shopping season one week longer. Some Americans were outraged that President Roosevelt would do this, namely uh, Massachusetts Representative Alan Treadway. Back in, 1940, in November of 1940, he spoke on the floor of the House Representative and said, quote, I feel the examples which Massachusetts and New England offer in the retention of longstanding customs should be given very careful consideration for ruthlessly permitting it to be sacrificed for mercenary considerations, end quote. Carlo, if I could do a New England Yankee accent, I would do it, but I can't. So that's all I got for you, my friend. So again, Thanksgiving was actually celebrated on the third Thursday of of November in 1939, in 1940, and 1941, until finally returning it to its proper place, if you can say that, in 1942, which we've been celebrating it on the fourth Thursday of every November since 1942, which is... What, 80 years, almost 80 years ago. So thank people like the representative Treadway and who knows who else. The point is, gentlemen, if you're fortunate enough to be able to enjoy four-day weekends, those of you who don't have to work Thursday and Friday, give thanks. And if you have to work, give thanks you have a job and I hope that you can still have a wonderful Thanksgiving with your family slash friends, slash whoever. Yeah. I have to say, Happy having, Thanksgiving. having Thanksgiving, like a holiday off like that, and just being able to like enjoy it is such a, it's a nice thing. It's a luxury to be honest, because there's a lot of people out there who have to work on Thanksgiving, work on the day after Thanksgiving and all of that. But yeah, we hope you guys really enjoy yourselves and enjoy your Thanksgiving. And for those who, you know, are international, I hope you just tip your hat off to us and say, enjoy your Thanksgiving, Americans. Also, congratulations to Mr. Corbin Burns, who won the National League Cy Young, as I said 20 minutes ago. He, he deserved so. Everyone's going to have plenty of Thanksgiving thankfulness to have this year. That's for sure. And we want to also thank and give a shout out to our new listeners out in Ashburn, VA, and Hampstead, England. And that is a wrap on this Thanksgiving episode. So. 
Thank you for listening to our podcast. We talk about baseball, drinks, Lego Flam, and everything else under the sun. Please subscribe to the podcast and give us a review and rate us. It helps with the analytics. You can find us on Spotify, SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, and Google Podcasts. Follow us on Twitter at HBP4040 and on Instagram. Our account is Hipster Baseball Podcast, all one word. Our drinks will be in the share with goats, and we definitely want to hope and welcome you to join us next time for a brand new episode of Hipster Baseball Podcast. Peace out.